Welcome to Patriots Nation UK, brought to you by me, your host, Matt Inkstar. Hey guys, how's it going? And welcome to another edition of Patriots Nation UK. This is a special edition that we hope to bring you more of in the not-too-distant future. This one has got another special guest. Last week it was Mr. Steve Balistrieri of patsfans.com and um, of Full Press Coverage and many other um, such wonderful places you can check out his great work for Patriots, um, Patriots Nation. And this one, if you haven't already checked the tagline of and title of the show, you will soon find out who it is if you just press play and want to listen to my dulcet tones in your ears and then see what goes on from there, then that's great too. Um, so just before we get to our special guest for this episode, uh, just a couple of things. Uh, rate, review and subscribe. You know, Especially subscribe. Give us uh, a lovely five-star rating on iTunes. That would be amazing. Um, but, you know, the more listeners we get, um, the better guests I can get for you as much as possible um, where availability is um, there for the guest. And so, without much to, too much jibber-jabber, um, I think we'll just get to the interview with our special guest. So, here it is. Check it out, guys. Joining me on this episode of Patriots Nation UK, I have a very special guest. You may have seen him on the BBC working alongside OC, um, Nat and the rest of the guys on there. Um, You may also know him from being a former National Football League player with the Cowboys, Texans and New York Giants. It is Jason Bell. How's it going, Jason? Everything's cool. I like the introduction. You should uh, you should do this as a profession. <laughs> well, if you can find me a voice agent or something, I'll take the job. No problem at all. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Whenever somebody has a cool accent and they're giving you an introduction, you feel important. So I'm just saying. Well, I'll retort that and say you've got a cool accent too. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Um, so obviously we're in, um. I do Patriots Nation UK, it's a Patriots podcast, um, but before we break into some Patriots, um, just wanted to um, check, how, how's your little girl, how's the family doing? Everybody's cool man, little girl's good, uh, she's uh, she's happy, you know, football season's around so she's happy. Yeah, she, have you got her into the football then, have you? Yeah, she walks around with the NFL London games. Uh, hat on all the time, so everybody at her school knows. They know, <laughs> nice. they know exactly what she's about. Cool. And uh, how do you actually pronounce her name? Anaya. Anaya. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was Anaya or Anaya. It's a, it's a cool name. It's different. Um, thank you. Thank you. My mom gets the credit for that. <laughs> well, my little uh, little girl's cadence. Um, so it's for being a, a UK of Scottish-born little girl. It's uh, certainly different for my part of the world as well. Very cool, very cool. Um, so, and, um, any any tips on being a dad? My little girl, she's going to be two in January, so she's full of beans and all set for Santa coming. Oh, um, man. Yeah, you'll be ge- gearing up for Christmas as well, I'm guessing. Same thing, man. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's what we call go time. It's, uh, it's time <laughs> to get it going. So, yeah. No, I mean, little girls are the best. I'd, I'd have to say that just because. <laughs> um, but, you know, 
I, I just you know the only advice I have is listen to them. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, I've gotten good advice from uh, her grandparents, my daughter's grandparents, and it's and on both sides, and it's and it's just listen to them. Uh, you know, really engage with them, talk to them, and uh, you know, they no one knows them better than you do. So, you know, really just listen to them. I think that uh, parents are so distracted these days. We don't really we have to make sure we're focused in and really locked in to the conversations we have with them yeah i think uh, that's um fair comment and good advice for sure definitely it's um something i try and do with my little daughter as much as i can it's uh i try and where possible maybe my um my wife's detriment um clearing the schedule on sunday evenings for some football but you know (laughs) oh yeah sunday's a shutdown day yep yeah for sure where where possible i've got uh, i kind of have to keep one eye on it um during the the six o'clock kickoffs for sure because it's bath time and story time before bed but i get um I get the nine o'clock and uh, you know those times that's the perfect time generally the wife wants to go to bed about then so I settle down for the the 25 past nine kickoff um, whoever might be playing I try and obviously watch the Pats where possible but sometimes if they're on the Sunday night football or Thursday night Monday night (laughs) then I'll I'll pick a game I'll try and watch it I I do what I like red zone it's been a great invention obviously but I, I don't think there's anything better than actually sitting watching a game and getting into the nuances of the game yeah you know to, to really get the storyline of the game you have to watch and lock in uh red zone is just great especially at the beginning of the season and throughout the whole season <clears throat> sorry excuse me That's with right. being able to <clears throat> see what's happening uh, throughout the whole entire league but to really understand how your team or the team you're focused in is doing things you have to watch the game you got to see their adjustments because that's the fascinating part of the nfl is how do teams adjust you know all right this is what you this is what they're doing you can kind of see the game plan how do they change in the second half you can usually see that by the first drives of each team and how the offense and defense reacts to each other and you need to watch the game to see that yeah, I think so. You've got, as you say, you've got to be locked in. You've got to be sitting down, concentrating. There's no, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it. It's probably as much as a, every other NFL fan. You've got the the iPad sitting next to you. You've got the main game on the big TV. You've got probably your your mobile phone in your hand, checking the all the scores, of the rest of the games. But and you you kind of lose out a bit in in that aspect of it. It's great keeping. The, in touch and fingers and all pies but then the day if you, as you say if you just sit down and actually watch the game because that's one thing um i'm not the best at and i don't like doing it is a lot of the um people like live tweeting and such like um yeah but yeah. i i'm just not the biggest fan of it i know it's good for um us at Patriots Nation UK for interacting with people on Twitter and such like and even myself in my own personal account but at the at the same time I just don't I kind of lose focus of what's going on so I just like to sit and watch the game really no I, I, I agree with that you know I like interacting with fans and you know and all that during the games 
but it's very hard for me to do both. And I, I, I look at it like I, I watch what's happening on Twitter because there's some things you could miss. But as far as engaging, it is difficult, especially when I'm trying to be an expert and then deliver uh, a recap of what's happening on my shows. You know, I really need to kind of be focused in on what I'm doing because it's just like the game of football. Like know what you know, do like the Patriots way. Uh, know your job, do your job. Uh, yeah. You can't do it all. So it's it's you have to kind of remind yourself that um, when uh, when you're watching these games and, uh, you know, trying to manage all these distractions. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I love how you said um, trying to be an expert. I, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit there, really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's one thing I do know is that the more I know about anything, the less I know. So, <laughs> you know, I look back, I'm like, wow, I've learned so much. And you're like, wow, I have so much more to learn. So I think that thirst for knowledge is the only chance we all have. I think so. Uh, every day is a school day, as they say, and uh, certainly with the the NFL, then, you know, I think I, I know the game and then someone like Carbaugh comes along and transforms the Ravens into the entity that they've become this year, and they're like, actually, I don't yeah. really know nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, whoa, what is happening? Yeah, the, the game, you know, when you look at what's happening over there and throughout the league, they always say a copycat league, and there's some truth to that. But if you're going to win and you're going to have a substantial advantage, you need to be a trendsetter. And the Patriots are one of the, it's probably the best team that does that. I mean, if if their fullback doesn't get hurt uh, earlier this year, if Devlin doesn't go down, they wanted to be a power-running football team. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted to do. And they wanted to do that because they knew most of these teams on defense were light at linebacker because they're trying to cover, and this is a passing league, and they wanted to be physical and take advantage of that the same way Baltimore is. So uh, the the Patriots have always uh, been a team that is kind of made, kind of been ahead of the curve. And obviously, they've been the most successful in this past decade. Mm. And <clears throat> excuse me. And um, speaking of which, I was gonna um, leave it till later in the conversation, but um, you've brought it up now, so we'll, we'll continue with that uh, on that segue. Is the do you think the the Patriots are, as you say, they were ahead of the curve for, curve for so many years? Do you think that they've now plateaued and the curve is, you know, like the Ravens or Chiefs or? Um, Texans, their curve has trajected upwards and actually now caught up and maybe um, overseeded and succeeded the Patriots in some ways. See, I don't think they have plateaued because you cannot plateau when you have elite coaching and elite teaching. And that's what the Patriots organization has from a structural standpoint. Uh, you see what Belichick, he's, his ability to let you understand what the game is going to what is going to happen each game uh, versus your opponent and how to teach that weekly is unmatched so as a player you're very prepared but like my friend Osi says all the time who won two Super Bowls against New England what you have to do is eliminate him you have to eliminate Bill Belichick as a, so, because players play the game and what's happening this year is as you see on offense Usually, in the beginning of the year, they'll struggle on defense and kind of figure out their way. 
Well, they started off very elite on defense, still playing that way. But on offense, they just had they, they not only too many injuries, but they already had an issue at wide receiver where they needed, especially when Nikhil Harry got hurt early on because, you you know, being a young guy, they need a number one guy. That's what they've been trying to do. I mean, that's the only reason you bring in Antonio Brown and give him a shot because they need that option uh, to open things up on offense. And they haven't had that. And Tom Brady is getting older, yes. And when I look at his game, I don't see a guy that I'm worried about his arm strength uh, per se, but I am looking at a guy that I think understands he doesn't bounce back from injuries. He's older, so he takes care of his body better than anybody in the NFL. Dr. Guerrero, Alex Guerrero, who works with him, I worked with before Brady ever did because he met Alex Guerrero through Willie McGinnis. So he's got uh, one of the best uh, physical therapists in the business working with him uh, 24 hours a day if he needs to be. But you still don't want to get hit. And I see somebody that's a little jittery in the pocket because he doesn't want to get hit. So when his offensive line is not protecting, he's had issues. And in the past, you know, he stood in there a little bit longer and made throws. That's not who he is. He wants to be on the field, and he's got to be standing upright. So I do see that in his game where you need to build a wall around him at all times because he doesn't want to get hit. No, he definitely doesn't. And you can and you can see that in his play, as you're saying. Um, <clears throat> I was listening to uh, another podcast yesterday, and without the actual, like, full proper stat and the breakdown of it they were guessing it was a rough estimate of maybe about 20-25% of his throws they're actually just throwaways they're not even check downs or you know in the vicinity of a player he's just seeing that he's so almost scared of it as you say of being hit that he's getting that away quickly so if need be if he does get hit it might actually draw that penalty flag um, onto the field and you know progress him down the field that way and I'm not I've never seen that from Brady before yeah. there's a little bit of of high level intelligence to that too because he understands this his defense dominates mm-hmm. that's where they're going to win defense and special teams you don't want to take sacks and give up negative yards and you don't want to give up bad plays and put your defense in a, in a in a predicament that they don't deserve to be in when they're winning you games so in his mind he understands the formula we're not i can't lose the game on offense because i'm not going to win it on offense when you're an explosive offense and you take chances because it's like yo if we get the ball back i can score i can make this happen that's a little different. And he's been like that in the past. Not that he's put the ball in Howard's way, but he's take more risk. But right now, that's not what they are on offense. So he is going to avoid risk at all times. And that's what happens when you have uh, a quarterback or an offense that's aware of their deficiencies. And that's why he's playing like that, is he does not want to put any more stress on the defense of the special teams. Yeah, for sure. I, I think you're right. And um, I, I wasn't saying that that was my take on it. As I say, I was just listening to a podcast and what they say. I wanted to get your take on it. And I would, I would um, tend to agree with you in that one, Jason. And on that as well, do you think that he's 
you know, this frustration that they keep talking about the past two or three weeks, and he even said it himself, and I, I would agree with um, Tom in this aspect, that, you know, put yourself in good positions where the, the defence and the special teams can help you out, or in most cases what have happened in most weeks, they're actually um, exceeding what's been going on uh, in that aspect. And, you know, the defence has given them... Um, and the special teams are giving him short field position but I think that's where the frustration is then setting in maybe from himself and especially from Pat's fans as far as I can tell that you know they're not capitalising on, on that in the offence and can you maybe pinpoint why that is um, from your expertise and your knowledge? Um, all I can look at is, is I, I, you know obviously I understand football and watching the Patriots all these years what they have and what's always worked for them is they have offensive weapons that at any moment in time can win an individual matchup. So they know when they're in trouble, they can go five wide, spread out the field in empty formation, just like they did when they had to come back and win the Super Bowl on the last drive, and find the matchup and expose it. That's what they do. And that's why Gronk and Edelman and James White have been so amazing in that offense in the past. Because you could now with those three chess pieces, when you even if you didn't have a number one dominant outside receiver, one of those guys, however you lined up, would win a one on one matchup. And Brady and them and, and they had really good rhythm I like to call it and chemistry with Brady. They just worked well together. Edelman still has it, but everybody now deploys all their assets, doubles him, takes him out. You know, White does too, but he's a running back and it's 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 different how you know they can play. They need it they need another chess piece and that's what they're missing. Gronk was so valuable in that way because he just was a matchup nightmare. Linebacker, you match him up with a big, strong linebacker, he's too fast, too athletic. You want to get a, a, a DB to get somebody with some athleticism, he's too strong. He uses his body. So things aren't working well, right? Your players got to make the plays, and that's what they're missing. They don't have that component in their offensive structure this year. Yeah, I think that's what maybe a lot of people are – um, you know, if you if you look through the trees, look through the forest and see the actual trees in front of you, then you know that as you're saying, that's probably where the the frustration and all this. I mean, I've seen it since since Sunday's game. There's talk of people, you know, wanting Gronk out of retirement, which obviously can't happen now because it's past the deadline of the season. They want AB back in the team. They're looking at, oh, why can't we get? Um, the, someone the likes of Danny Amendola back and oh he's played with you know lesser players than this and they're not it's just not clicking not gelling and I went on I've already put out one podcast this week and went on a bit of a rant of mm-hmm. stop looking back at what could have been what has been before you know let's give these young receivers like Myers like Harry time and chance and you know big them up they're 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 rookies in the league they're going to make mistakes and i don't think it's helping some of the time that like on sunday against the texans that i think harry got maybe two or three looks from brady he didn't 
live up to scratch and then he didn't look at him again he didn't even want to know that he was on the field and I think that the the confidence of the rookies needs to be um, bigged up a little bit whether that's from the team or actually on the sidelines from the fans within the stadium or I mean I'm sure they're like all of us they all read social media and it can't be nice um, and in terms of um, confidence or mental health and such like to read all this you know crap and nonsense that people are putting out there yeah. about you all the time it's I just want to be you know a positive fan rather than someone that I mean privileged Patriots fans hello we're 10 and 2 in the league it's not as though the season's over as yet we're not yeah. we're not the be- we're not the Bengals or the or the Dolphins or something you know um, yeah and looking at actual um, Sunday's game do you think that's where it probably where do you think it went wrong in in Sunday's game against the Texans then Oh, wow. Well, first of all, it went wrong on uh, what they were able to do offensively against the Patriots defense was that they, at this time in the season, you can still plays and things that work against your your opposing offense or defense. And the matchup to me was Houston's offense versus the Patriots defense. That's what I wanted to see. And what I saw was an offense that because of their – that they're elite quarterback and now especially with they had will fuller back on the field they had three receivers and they uh, and running backs that were a, a, a matchup problem and that's what they did their first uh touchdown to duke johnson was the same thing that the patriots do versus other teams mm-hmm. which is put your tight end and your running back on the same side force the linebacker a lesser guy van oy athletically in space to cover him and take advantage of him. That's what the Patriots do. <laughs> they did that. Then they run another formation that worked against that um, Baltimore had did that worked against the Patriots. But they just threw it. And then when the game is on, when 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 uh, Watkins throws uh, Watson throws the the D ball, it was basically what the Patriots do. They they're going to take away your best options. They had two on. They had three on two with Hawkins and Fuller getting covered by three guys one-on-one with Steels, with Jones, and he beat them deep. I mean, that's that's what happened. You have to – you know what Belichick's going to design. The players got to win and perform, and that's what happened in the game. Their players and Houston stepped up and performed, and, and, on, and on defense, you know, this – I thought this was a game that the Patriots would get their rhythm back on offense because the Houston hadn't been playing well on defense, Houston stepped up to the challenge. They just didn't have enough weapons to beat the Texans. And now that the Texans went out and got more corners, uh, uh, Roby got healthy, and then they picked up the corner from Tampa who got cut, uh, Vernon Hargraves, and they were just they were much better in the secondary. So it was the players out there executing, and that's what happens. It doesn't matter what you call in the booth. The players got to make the plays, and that's what Houston did. Yeah, I think so. And uh, you mentioned Roby there. He had a stellar game, I thought, for the Texans on Sunday. And just I actually expected it more to be a shootout, to be honest. I, being in the energy stadium, you're out of the elements and everything. I thought it was a perfect game especially for a neutral and I, I wasn't surprised that it was in the Sunday night football slot that you know it was I half expected a game like the the Chiefs and Rams from last year it was just going to be a complete shootout balling between the two of them um, for as much as you know 
the Patriots have had an elite defence, um, depending on your outlook of who they've actually faced this year. I just, I did think the the Texans would rack up some points, and I, I expected a more high-scoring game than it actually turned out to be. And overall, the the Texans were um, good for their win, really. And um, I'm I'm guessing you were happy about that one, were you? Yeah, I was. I, I was happy for the Texans. You know, it was the first time. I uh, just, you know, they had beat. Uh, Bill O'Brien had finally got a chance to beat his uh, uh, former uh, head coach, and and when he, you know, obviously he came from the Patriots. But I, you know, the one thing, I'm a defensive back, so I'm always looking at that. I, the, the 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 defensive backs in New England are so elite. Hmm. There's just no way you're gonna throw the ball all over the yard on them. I mean, you might even the the big catch that Steele's had was so tightly contested. I mean, Watson's throw was unbelievable. He's one of the best deep throwers in the league. The way he put that ball is that's where it's going to be. That's where it has to be. You've seen the Patriots putting corners in zero coverage before where the quarterback didn't put it that great of placement and the receiver didn't come up with a hard to hard contested catch. And that's what happened. So uh, they're, they're still elite, man. They are playing well. And remember, Belichick's a DB's guys. They're they're not going to get beat throwing the ball consistently because he will adjust mid game yeah. better than anybody. Yeah, especially when it comes to the secondary. Yeah, I think so. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Looking at the season ahead, then with what the picture is building up for the playoffs and such like, what? How do you see it um, playing out in the AFC? What's your um, predictions of used to put a couple of quid on it? Oh, man, I, I would never, ever bet on the game of football because <laughs> I know how much I do not know. It's frightening. It truly, truly is frightening. You know, when I, when I look at it, you know, when you look at the Patriots situation and their two losses came out of AFC teams, right? And it, it's, it's, it's interesting because... But at the beginning of the season, I looked at this like it was a lock almost. You know, you, you had some competitors and you thought maybe, you know, maybe the Chiefs, you know, it's going to end up being the Chiefs and New England out there battling up. But I don't know who can beat Baltimore. I don't know who can beat Baltimore, especially now that they have the uh, they're at the top of the AFC, correct? Yeah. They have they have home field advantage. I, I just, you know, the Patriots need and it's always is effective for them to get home field advantage in the playoffs they are so good there especially at that time of the year they always play a miserable game in the playoffs and they're ready for it it's a part of their formula Hmm. without that you know i don't know if they can beat the, the 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 uh uh baltimore or the Chiefs, because the way Kansas City is playing, they figured out their formula also. They're going to jump out ahead of you and score and be aggressive because they want you to play from behind because they cannot stop the run on defense. They want you to throw the ball because Spagnola is – I love Spagnola. Steve Spagnola is a D coordinator. He is now scheming up things, especially with his secondary, where he's able to take away – certain routes and combinations and and focus in on that that's their formula now that's who they are they have to play from a league so both of those matchups are not advantageous for the patriots 
No, definitely not. And there, some people I've I've seen are even wanting you know Baltimore to go to the Chiefs. The Chiefs can beat the Ravens, and then um, we can beat the Chiefs. But I I don't see the point of relying on what ifs or whatever. You know, take take the game in front of you and see how it goes. Um, from there, I know it's a, a sports cliche, take every game as it comes but I get, that's what you have to do and that's what they're going to have to to do for the Chiefs on Sunday and then going forward towards the, the end of the season just take every game as it comes and see how it is and it's, it's the same with them all, as you say you think you know it all and uh, and then at the same time you don't and from the NFC perspective who could you, how, how have you seen that this season, that's uh, I mean obviously Ron Rivera's just gone um, did you see that coming at all? I hate to say it, but I did, but I thought it would happen at the end of the season. Hmm. I thought I thought it would happen. You know, my thoughts on all of this was that Cam Newton is on such a good, friendly deal that it wouldn't be about replacing him as others was were discussing, and it would be more about the GM and the coaching staff. Because remember, the owner... You know they have they have a new owner and he's in there and that wasn't his those weren't his picks yeah. the head coach and the GM so you know he let that play out so if anything was going to shift and move earlier was that but I did think he was going to make it to the end of the year but you can't lose to Washington you can't you can't lose to them especially after Thanksgiving you know you don't good teams usually don't win after things i mean sorry bad teams usually don't win after thanksgiving yeah you know the week is short it's a little different you know you're distracted good teams are locked in but bad teams they're usually bad and that's not what happens so it, it said a lot about carolina so yeah that that he uh he definitely put his point across that every player on that team needs to really focus in because uh, things are changing so yeah <clears throat> excuse me and they um i think it was something they, they said it was like six times they'd basically been on the one yard line and when you've got someone like McCaffrey and they still couldn't punch the ball in i think six times over the course of the season so far they've been in that position and just not managed to to get the job done and get over the line for the touchdown it's a sin that you can't Frustrating. really really carry with you I don't think and it's something that obviously led to their, their downfall on Sunday even when they were at the you know the death of the game they had a chance to at least tie and um, it didn't happen for them and the, over on the west coast the 49ers and the Seahawks they seem to be having a shootout to, um, they're having a, a whale of a time um, if you're a, a neutral watching it can you, can you see a Jimmy G versus Brady um, Super Bowl possibly <laughs> I don't think I don't think making it to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's going to be like you said. The matchup is going to be hard, and 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 as far as the teams they play, and they got to fix some things that for that to happen. But that would be really cool. But I mean, let's 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 look at Seattle now. The worst thing for everybody in the NFC right now is that the way Seattle's playing on defense, mm. and with the other running back Rashard Penny now stepping up. I mean, this is Chris Carson. The, the offense ran through him. Obviously, Russell Wilson makes magic happen, especially late in the game. He's throwing the ball great vertically down the field, and he's running when he needs to. But once again, late in the game. But now you have a, a two-headed monster at running back, which is what you need going 
at in this phase of the season because yeah. teams that can run the ball and stop the run have the advantage. It's just what happens. And they are able to now feed each other and have that combination, which is a change a change of pace, which really harms defenses because you're getting used to one runner. Another guy comes in, he has a different style. You adjust to that, another guy comes in. This is what's dangerous. And they have that and they're playing defense well. This is They are hot right now. They are, to me, they have elevated quicker and faster than anybody at this time of the year. Look, San Fran is good. They Even in their loss, they looked good. They are a good team, but they've been good all year. Yeah. Seattle is peaking at the right time. Uh, you know, the same way on the AFC, Tennessee's peaking at the right time. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so, you know, this is when you want to be good. New Orleans is still good. They're still playing well. People aren't talking about them uh, because you're they're expected to. But I want to see how they, uh, you know, uh, especially this matchup coming this week, how they perform. They're going to show the, the the world that they are the top of the NFC if they can beat San Francisco. Yeah, and they, um, looking at Russell Wilson and um, Lamar Jackson briefly, it seems to be between the two of them for the MVP. Who, who would you say is in the front seat right now? You know, I would say it's Lamar, and the reason why is I just – Russell's playing phenomenal, first of all. So well, it's, it's, it's going to be a shakeout. But I just watch as a player what his team, what he does for that team and who he is. These players and this organization love the guy. They love him. They love him. It is no doubt about it. I can probably, if I was able to get in that locker room, go up and down that roster, he'd be the guy that everybody would say genuine things about. And that's nothing to say against Russell Wilson, but this is just Lamar. He came out of nowhere, and this is what he is. He's a highlight film every single week. I mean, how do you contend with that? That's what an MVP is. Mm. For sure, and um, just before we finish up, um, Jason, I just wanted to touch on uh, a more UK-based type thing. Obviously, we've gone through another series of uh, international games in London, and the the new Tottenham Hotspur stadiums up and running now. What did you think of it yourself? Oh my gosh, that I, I that, that that stadium it's, it's as good as any stadium anywhere. It was electric. It was amazing. It was. It feels like it was built for the NFL. I've actually been to uh, football games there and NFL games there, so I've seen both. Oh, and nice. It is just. Yeah, it's just. It's it's outstanding the way they can transform that thing. But it's you know what I love about it over here is the fans and the crowd. It's like nothing anywhere else I've been. And it feels like every game here is a playoff game. It's that kind of atmosphere, a regular season game that feels like a playoff game. And trust me, the, the players, the players love it. They they enjoy it because they understand the difference. They play week in and week out. They come here, and this has got its own flavor, its own element, and it's special. I think that's what is so beneficial to what we have going on over here with the games is that we stand out because the intensity the fans bring 
And that's what makes sports in general is how the fans respond. And because of that, it, the, the atmosphere is once, like I said before, electric. And that's what makes better games because players feed off of it. Yeah, and obviously there's the the sort of complaints and such like about matchups and so, and things, but you you just can't predict those things. You could put put the Ravens and the Patriots in in London next year, but it could be an absolute stinker of a game. You just don't know. And um, you mentioned the the atmosphere like a playoff game, and do, can you see that sort of thing happening? Do do you uh, personally? I think it would. It'll be more beneficial and probably better overall if it goes to maybe eight games, especially they're talking about this seventeenth uh, game in this uh, for the CBA agreement. I think personally, maybe eight games in London with various teams rather than an actual franchise might be better. But um, what do you think yourself? I would like, of course, I would love a franchise. But I do agree with you on having more games here. I just think that the fan base over in Europe, period, loves all kind of different teams. So it gives them the ability to maybe see their team play or get exposed to all the teams. So I really, I really, truly like that thought process. I want more games here. I definitely am all about that. And you're right. I mean, one thing about the NFL is it's week in and week out. And if you watch all 16 games play, you know, there might be three that are just really, really good that week. So you just don't know. It's a toss up. Everything is pretty tightly contested, but you never know week in and week out what kind of game you're going to get. And, you know, I've watched games where there hasn't been a lot of scoring and I love it because I'm looking at the defensive battle. You know, some people aren't into that. Some people want to see, touchdowns everywhere i don't you know yeah. i don't want to see that <laughs> i'm like man these guys these people aren't even playing defense you know so it's it's all about you can't make everybody happy but one thing that will make everybody happy is games games and games yeah i just don't see that you know I, i'm i'm up in aberdeen um it's an hour and a half in a plane is the quickest way I can get down to London. The plane's coming at an expense. Yeah. You know, if you're traveling, we all know that there's a big fan base in Germany. You know, it's an hour and a half yeah. coming from Munich or a couple hours from Frankfurt and such like. It's it's a lot to commit to say, right, I'm going to be a London Jags fan or whatever you team yeah. name you throw at it. I, and I've got family, as we mentioned, at the, the top there. And, you know, I've got to look at what you know basically pick and choose a game and if i can pick something that's either patriots versus texans or it might be chiefs and raiders or something i'll go to that one game rather than think right i'm going to get a season ticket and go for eight games i just couldn't possibly do it and you mentioned europe there as well um do you think as far as i'm aware alistair kirkwood and um his cohorts have looked into possibly putting a game in germany or in mainland europe do you think that'll come sooner than later I, I, I don't, I'm not sure but I would love it let's spread it out all around the world that, that would, that's the purpose that's the goal hmm. so wherever there's an appetite the NFL is definitely looking to go obviously there's always logistical challenges but they figured it out out here and have done a great job so just continue to grow and continue to put games where it's suitable and they have the facilities to do so 
Um, I think so, yeah. It's um, They've obviously created great facilities at, at Tottenham Hotspur, as you say, and the, the players in press conferences, press conferences and, thing, and such like, you know, they've come out in full support of the actual stadium itself uh, at Tottenham, and it's been great. And obviously the, the creation of the, the new academy is another bow, string to the bow of NFL UK, which, again, is going to grow the league and grow the interest in the sport because... You know, we've, we've got yep. thousands of people going to Wembley and Tottenham and we all watch Game Pass and Sky Sports every week, but yet it's still considered a niche sport here in the UK. At, at some point, I really hope that, you know, that changes and maybe becomes as regular as watching rugby or cricket, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, sports is definitely cultural and, and that's understandable, but you know we live in such a global world where you look back in the states and how uh, they are watching premiership games and international soccer games you know football games they just so everywhere a sports is spreading across the planet so why not so the growth will continue year over year so i think we'll both get our wish yeah fingers crossed and uh <laughs> <laughs> I just want to thank you for your time Jason it's been uh, much appreciated I've had an absolute blast chatting to you but before I let you go you know the the floor is yours my friend you know you've got your podcast with OC and you've got your time on the BBC and such like um, with the chappers and you know the Tuesday night and the Saturday night shows you know um, where can people see you from now until the end of the season or listen to you oh you know all those platforms of course our podcast is it's fun it's not it's it's 25 percent football uh 75 uh, whatever oc loves to talk about yeah it sure is. <laughs> but it's fun <laughs> Every, everything everything does tie into basically the uh nfl and uh our experience as players because that has shaped us as individuals obviously the shows on the bbc we're always week in and week out doing that doing the super bowl live and then on uh instagram and uh twitter jason Jason Bell 33 or Jason 33 Bell. Huh. I should probably know that, right? <laughs> probably be able to say that. But that's uh should be saying that in your I sleep, surely. Uh, Jason Bell, yeah, Jason Bell 33 <laughs> on both of those uh platforms. And yeah, that's it, man. So that, you know, same thing, man. Uh congratulations on your podcast. Keep it up cuz the Patriots fans, they uh they need to hear what's happening. Well, uh, I I try my best myself and uh, my co-host Nick, who um, sits in with me usually. We 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 try our best to bring a different take, a bit of a British slant on it. His his wit, That's sarcasm, beautiful. and a bit of uh, nonsensical <laughs> um, ramblings is uh, what we're all about here at Patriot Station UK. <laughs> Um, I like that. I understand that. So that's cool. <laughs> you know, it, it's not all seriousness. And uh, as I, as I said earlier, being ten and two as we go into this next week of the season, it's it, I, I just don't like all this doom and gloom around the team. It's not as I said, we're not no. the Bengals, we're not the Redskins, the Giants, or because no. um, I can see Shermer um, possibly losing his job <laughs> soon as well. Yeah, no, that, for him that, and, that can happen. You know, so but no, thanks again, Jason, for your time, and uh, we'll maybe catch up soon. Appreciate it, man. Keep keep pumping the good uh, word of the NFL, man. Thank you. And that was the wonderful and effervescent Jason Bell, former National Football League player, um, cornerback, and special teamer, and of course also the host of the Jason Bell and OC Omen Europe podcast, as well as being on your telly screens with the BBC with. 
the aforementioned OC, Mark Chapman, and sometimes you might even see him sitting with Nat Coombs and Mike Carlson. That was Jason Bell, our special guest for this episode. Um, just before we go, the usual housekeeping, same as the, actual, as the start of the episode, um, rate, review and subscribe. And you can check us out on Twitter, at Pat's Nation UK Pod, at Matt Inkster and at the underscore panic. Um, that's the podcast's Twitter, myself's Twitter and co-host Nick's Twitter. You'll catch us on there, patriotsnationuk.com is the website and search Patriots Nation UK, you'll find the Facebook page as well. Uh, not too active on that admittedly, but you know, um, if we get more subscribers and um, more people going to the page, then you know it could be more of a regular outlet for um, little polls and votes and you know come at us with your opinions and such like. Um, but yeah, you can catch us mainly on Twitter at Pat's Nation UK Pod, at Matt Inkster and at the underscore panic and PatriotsNationUK.com as I say and remember rate, review and subscribe. So that's it from myself um, for this one. Myself and Nick, we will be back um, later on the week. It'll probably be um, Friday night, Saturday morning before it drops because... um, we're busy up until then essentially can't get in the studio together at the same time until the end of the week so until then folks just remember do your job as there are no days off